unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Now, today, I want to preach or share a very wonderful revelation that I've discovered for many years and uh, has worked for me as an individual. And I realized that many Christians in the world either agree with certain things, but they don't carry the full understanding of the heart of God concerning those things. And so even when we are praying, we find that we are conflicted in whether we are praying in the will or according to the will of God or not according to the will of God. For again, the Bible tells us, we don't doubt when we're praying according to the will of God. Isn't it? The Bible says, for if we ask according to his will, the Bible says he heareth us. And when John is talking about that, he says that we speak with confidence. This is the confidence, he says, that we have in him. That if we ask according to his will, then the Lord what? Heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever, whatsoever, not a few things, not some things. He says, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. We know, we know, we don't pray, we don't keep expecting only, but we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. He says, when you ask according to my will, you don't need to worry. You must know that you have it. Glory to God. You must know that you have it. Oh, but I've asked according to his will and I've not had this. Well, one, either you did not ask in the faith, that you have it, okay? Or you perhaps were praying with doubt in your heart whether it is his will or not his will. And many a time Christians pray that way. They pray about some, but they're not sure whether it's the will of God or not. And then they say amen with faith. That's a conflict right there. Because how can you have faith while you're conflicted in the affirmation of whether it's his will or not his will? You see, that's contradictory. Are you following sense? Now, today, I want to talk about the spirit of premature endings. Okay? Premature endings. You can even call them deaths. Because that is something that I have seen in the lives of men. And for the world, of those who don't know God, well, that's just a course. But for the believer, for the child of God, who is born again, born of the Spirit, God has defined how everything in your life should end. You understand what I'm saying? And these premature endings that I want to share with us, happen in every aspect of life. 
There are people who have died before their time. There are people who entered into business and it collapsed prematurely. There are people who entered into relationships and they died prematurely. And it was not the will of God. There's somebody right now listening to me. You began school when you were little and then you dropped out of school prematurely. You did not finish your senior four or somebody did not finish their senior six. Somebody did not finish their university. Probably they were in second year and then it died prematurely. Some of them had studied their masters and it died prematurely. Somebody started a building project somewhere in their home and it has collapsed prematurely. The rains alone are taking away everything you built with your own money. I can talk about this in every aspect of life. And I've seen that many of us have had similar experiences concerning this mind. Now, of course, there are things that die because in the first place they were not of God. You understand? The Bible is clear that nothing <laughs> that is not planted by my Father shall stand. So yes, we have hard failures in life because we began journeys that were not under the inspiration or the influence of the Holy Spirit. But not everything that dies was because God had not started it. I have seen people who have had premature endings or deaths, yet it was not the plan or the mind of God for them or their things to die early. But they did not know how to appropriate the word of God, neither understood the workings of his power according to his will. And many of them accepted that and say, you know, if it was the will of God, this would have continued. We still have Christians who are so ignorant about the ways of the spirit or the spiritual realm. They always say, if God is in it, it must work. And if God is not in it, it doesn't matter what you do, it will not work. And I beg to disagree. I have seen things that God is in, but then people fail him, fail them. I'll give you an example. It was the mind of God for Moses to take the children of Israel from Egypt into the promised land. Was God in it? 100%. Did Moses take the children of Israel into the promised land? No. Joshua took over that responsibility because Moses broke a divine cord. So not every ending, even though intended by God to end well, really ends well. And not all who start by God actually finish by God. Some things die prematurely because we are ignorant of the ways of the Spirit. And some of us accept them. And there are various laws or principles that God has given us by Scripture to undergird ourselves from premature endings. For example, do you know the Bible says, blessed is the man that what? Walketh not in the way of? the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the what? The scorners. They don't 
walk in the counsel of the ungodly. They don't stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. What does that man become? The next verse tells us, for he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Why? Because he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He does not stand in the way of sinners, neither sit in the seat of the scorners. The Bible tells us that man shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Why? Because night and day, the Bible tells us he meditates in the word. So he becomes like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And God promises that man and tells him that his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. That's a fundamental law that God has given you as a believer to make sure that certain things that have been started by God do not end prematurely. You see? So you can't run away from principle. Laws like prudence, the prudence of the spirit. Do you know how much the prudence of spirit can preserve you to walk the way God has ordained you to walk and to finish well? The Bible says that a prudent man foreseeth evil and what? And hideth himself. But the simple, the Bible says, they pass on and they are punished. So the prudence of spirit is important because if you're not prudent in the spirit, you will not see what is going to kill you. You will not see what is going to choke you. You cannot identify the thing that is going to destroy you tomorrow morning. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'll give you another thing. When you learn to hear the voice of God, one of the things that preserves you to finish well is learning to hear the voice of God. We have many people here who cannot design, do not know the way of God. They don't understand the voice of God. So even when they are in trouble in prayer and they need to inquire of God, even when he answers, they cannot hear the answer. You see, God speaks. The only challenge is that very few people hear him because they do not know how to hear him. They have not been told how to position themselves to hear the voice of God. Bible says that we pray that we would hear your voice that we might leave. When you hear the voice of God, you leave. In other words, when you cease to hear the voice of God, you will die. You see what I'm saying? Certain things in your life will be destroyed because you don't hear the voice of God. You will lose so much because you don't hear the voice of God. You see? As straightforward as can be. Can I give you another one? The principles that are laid down for us to obey. Things like tithe, your givings. One day a lady came and she had spent, I think, about five years in marriage. And she was barren. Barren. And then she says, pray for me. And I was going to lay hands on her like this. The Spirit of the Lord told me, you don't need to pray for her. You don't need to pray for her, he said. So I took my hands off her. And the Lord told me, ask her, is she faithful with her tithes? She didn't come to my church. So I was not asking because I needed her money. But I was asking because God was giving us a fundamental principle. Then she told me no. She's a believer. So I tell her, the Lord tells me, this coming month, take your tithe to your pastor in the church and you're going to conceive in one month. Okay. Do all who don't tithe not conceive? No. Am I here to give you the doctrine that all who tithe conceive? No. But there are certain principles that God has given us in Scripture. Whether you believe it or not, they can redeem you. 
Do you know when you read about the Titan scripture, the Bible says that he will rebuke the devourer for your own sake. But there's somewhere where he says that you'll not cast off your young ones. Your vines will not fall before their time. Do you understand? It's like a mango tree. It's ordained to drop off the mango when it's ripe. You see? But then there are trees that drop off their fruit when the fruits are still young. That's miscarriage. It's like miscarriage. You get where I'm coming from. So, to rebuke the devourer for our own sake, in this instance, she had to provoke a miracle through responding to the purposes of her tithes. I cannot say that everyone who tithes will get a wound, but in this instance, this was the rema for this particular person. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sex. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. Your vine shall not cast its fruit before their time. Your womb will not drop out the child before its time. You see what I'm saying? In that very month where she gave her tithe, she conceived. You see what I'm saying? But I'm not saying that it's a doctrine. Don't take it for doctrine. Or say that because somebody died tight, therefore it disqualifies them from the miracle. Because not all that we've prayed for to conceive have been faithful tithers. But God tells you that that's a fundamental principle in the spirit and it can bail you out of trouble. You get me a man who tights and a man who died in tight, and I'll tell you a man who is struggling financially. And you'll find that more, the guys who don't respond to such principles are actually struggling. They are coming out of one trouble into another. And the devil takes more than God's ten. You'll always take more. Unless you'll get a disease and GlaxoSmith line will become your minister. When you start buying drugs every week that are... <laughs> or perhaps take an operation that will have to sell all your property for you to retain your life. You see what I'm saying? So, some things can kill your stuff prematurely, your vine can cast off its fruit before its time because you don't understand principles. It's those little small things that some of us take for granted. No, you must take God serious. He means every word he says. So there's many others, there's many things that we do that kill us prematurely, that kill our plans prematurely, that frustrate the commitments that we have with God and the things God has already ordained for you to walk into. Otherwise, whether you want it or not, it was never the mind or will of God for anybody to start something by God and not finish well. God has never set you up to have a bad ending. It's not the way of God. Some of us are told that way. Oh, you know, I think it was the will of God that I entered this marriage and I stayed in for three months and somehow it died. That's not God. You were told wrongly. First, understand the heart of God concerning your life. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, a very common scripture, if you read the Amplified. Paul says, I am convinced and I am sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Everything God starts in you, he wants to finish on the day of Christ. 
It's eternal. God has not set you up for a premature ending. Oh, you know, I started ministry, but I, the Lord says, you know, this is the time. And then how long has this guy been ministering? Two years only. What do you mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, but Jesus did it for three years. <laughs> and he said it is finished. Did you get it? He said it is what? Finished. Nobody's going to go back to die for the sins of the world. It will never happen again. That one is finished. After that, God has not given any man a ministry of three years. <laughs> Jesus said it is what? Finished. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let's go to the time before you were born. The psalmist visits that place in Psalms 139 verse 16, if you read the Amplified Version. He says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Even before you were formed in your mother's womb, the eyes of the Lord were upon you. And while they were upon you, the Bible says, in your book, all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape, when as yet there was none of them. And he says, how precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. He's saying that before I was even formed, before even my mom planned and dad planned out to meet, God had his eyes on me. He had his eyes on you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Before your mother came to become pregnant, God had already written your story somewhere. If you had not yet come in the womb, it was enough to say you are the most raw version of premature. That would be the most raw version of premature because you are existent only in the spirit realm. You have not yet come in the physical. But God said, even there, before your mom and dad met, there was a plan he had for you. And the moment, the fact that you existed there, he started planning for you. Because when he begins a good work, he must see to accomplishment. Glory to God. He's not a God of premature endings. There is nobody in that realm that has not been given the opportunity to come in this realm. Glory to God. The only challenge is that men kill, you know, abortions and what, and diseases come and Satan has claimed many. As some people think, and I've been on funerals, and I've had parents bearing two-year-old girls, one-year-old children, and they're saying the Lord has given and it's the will of God that my child will be taken. No! It's not the will of God. Oh, thank God for the two years. No! Our children should not die early. What about the plans God has for them? See, it's okay to use that as a language to comfort yourself because you're seeking for comfort. And that's all right. But it's still not the truth. As hard as I can say it, it's still not the truth. Because nobody can prove that in scripture. Nobody. That there are people whom he has ordained to only have two days in life. No. Why then did she carry him for nine months? Oh no, it's the ways of God. What do you mean it's the ways of God? Do you know the will of God? How can a man before they even come in their mother's womb have a written story and plan for their life? If that's the kind of God that you're talking about, who can plan for you even before you enter your mother's womb? I don't think it's the God who will kill you two days when you're born. Four weeks when you're born. 
but the sons of men don't know it. They don't know it. Like the Bible says in Job chapter 22, verse 16, if you read the Amplified Version, it talks of men which were snatched away before their time. The people who died in the days of Noah, the Bible says they were snatched away before their time, whose foundations were poured out like a stream during the flood. They were snatched out before their time. How many said there's a definitive? Oh my goodness. Let me even give some of you a mystery. Listen. God appears to Adam and Eve and tells them that you shall eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat thereof. For in the day, he says, you shall eat of it, thou shalt surely die. Are you following? Thou shalt surely die. He told Adam that the day you eat, in the day, in the day, in the day, you shall eat thereof, thou shalt surely die die. In the day, not on the day, in the day. Now, the Bible tells us in Peter, he says that one day in the house of the Lord is as a thousand years in the world. One day in the house of the Lord, he says, is as a thousand years. A thousand years is as one day. Are you following? So, when God says this is one day for me, you count how many years? A thousand. At what age did Adam die? Adam died when he was 930 years. He said, so dying 930 years was about 70 years short of the 1,000. So he tells him, if you eat of that fruit, you shall die in the day. That's why he lived for 930 years years short of the 70. Now to show you how fallen our dispensation is, then when we get to the mystery of Moses, man shall live by 70 years and by reason of strength more. Was it David? I think David. Was that the revelation of God or the revelation of man? But I want to show you that even in the fall, a man could live for 930 years with the same heart like you have, <laughs> with the same kidneys like you have, with the same liver like you have, with the same eyes like you have. Some of you are 60, but you can't read. You already need reading glasses at 51. Somebody say, I refuse to age like the fallen world. If Abraham had kidneys, same as you are. If he had a heart, same as you are, nothing changed. He had even fallen. But a man would live for those years. 930 years. He's breathing. His heart is pumping. Tutu, tutu, tutu. And you're ready to go 22? You're joking. Tell your neighbor you're joking. Men were snatched before their time, the Bible has said. The Bible tells us in Psalms 102, when David is now praying, he says, I said, oh my God, take me not away in the midst of my days for whose years continue throughout all the generation. You are God who lives forever. Do not take me away in the midst of my days. Don't take me away while I'm still on the course. 
it's possible for a man to go before their time. And here, it's not God taking, no, like I told us, in the Hebrew, there's a confusion between a causative and a permissive. Here, it's a permissive clause. If I should truly translate it for you, English speaker, it should sound like, God, do not let me be taken away in the midst of my days because you own all these years and you continue throughout all generations. So there's a man who has an understanding of the time he should go to heaven. Do you know it's not ordained for a Christian to have a sudden death? No, you should know. You should know. And sign out knowing that you're going to heaven and you've agreed with it. Glory to God. But if you refuse to agree to it, you will not die. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Now, like it is with the way of life, so it is with every aspect of life that there are many things that die early. Many things in our hands have died early. They've fainted prematurely. They've ended before they should end. And many of us do not know how to count or find our way back because some of us have accepted this as though it is the will of God for things to end or die that way. Well, I came to tell you, not always, not always. There are things that God has given us by him, truly by scripture, that whether you want it or not, you are supposed to live them out fully and that you are supposed to finish well. Life is one of them that I just said. Marriage, because the Lord hates divorce. Do you understand what I'm saying? He hates it. Unfortunate for some of you who went through that and it's painful, I sympathize with you, but it's not the way of God. But it ain't mean that because you went through that, God cannot reconstruct you. He can reconstruct you, glory to God. You understand what I'm saying? But it was not the will of God. Look at ministry. Do you know how many people have fainted in the gospel? Do you know how many people whose ministries are no more while they still have strength? Oh my God. Moses lamented, he said, the Lord will not let me in. I'm still strong. The Bible says that his eye was not dim, neither his natural face abetted. The fellow could see he was strong. He could go in war. He had another hundreds of years to live. And a man's destiny was cut short. It was cut short. That is why in some portion of scripture, once I read, it says that when the righteous die, they do not ask. They do not take a second look or question to say, why has this person died before their time? It should not be that way. Unless the person has accepted it or wanted it. You see, there's also this God who you can tell, you know God, eh? I'm tired. I want to check out. Are you sure? Yeah, I want to check out. When? Next year, June. You go. When a man wants to check out, he wants to check out. That one, no deliverance is given because it's his desire. And there's nothing wrong with you dying early. Uh-uh. There's nothing wrong with you saying, you know, I'm checking out, I'm tired. No, you have your choice. The Bible says being up there is better than living here. That's why Paul says that sometimes he's also torn betwixt even Paul had those challenges. As of to stay in the flesh for the sake of men or to go and be with the Lord, which is far better. He said, which is far better. Yeah, so it's okay if you, you feel that your work on earth is done and you want to go. Yeah, and those ones, when I hear that, I don't even pray for them to return because 
I would be against their prayer. Glory to God. But then there are those who are just saying, mm -mm, God, not yet. I still have a few things and some of us... Heaven is going to be forever. Wait a bit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Wait a bit. Is it, Apostle, is it my choice? Study Paul and see how bold this man was in the knowledge of God. Can you believe Paul took it to the place of choice? Sometimes I'm torn betwixt. You people should understand how an awakened conscience, an enlightened spirit sings. When it came to death, for Paul it was a choice. He says, sometimes I'm torn betwixt. Because I have the desire to depart and be with the Lord or to stay in the flesh for your sake. Nevertheless, he says, I will stay in the flesh for you. That's a man who has chosen to live. That is regardless of whether there is hypertension in his body. That is regardless of whether there is type 2 or type 70 diabetes. That is regardless of whether they say that he has this disease or he has that disease. The man has made up his mind to say, I am staying in the... Okay, 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 okay. Let me stay for you. <laughs> As if there are no diseases in the world. Yes, there are diseases in the world. But he has understood that it is his choice to either go or stay. Glory to God! It's your choice. Glory to God. It is not the will of God for a woman to conceive and she does not bring forth. No! No, 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 no. If the blessing of God can even impregnate your cattle, what about you? That's what the Bible says, none among them shall be barren, not even their cattle. God extends and says, oh, no, 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 no. This guy's cattle must conceive because I have a covenant with them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God has not planned anything to die early for you. Nothing should die early for you. Refuse for things to die early in your hands. Some of you just accept things, yeah, yeah, it's the, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe God has another plan. No, no, what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? How can you say of a plan you even have no revelation for? How do you even pray when you don't even know the mind of God? But thank God for the word. Because the word has told us God's plan. If you want to ask God's plan for your life, he has already told you. With long life, I will satisfy you. Can you give the picture of a man saying, now I'm satisfied, I can go. Psalms 91. He says, with long life, I will satisfy you. Do you understand? You live for long until you say, you know, uh, I'm done. And they say, why? Uh -uh, I've lived long. Overnight is enough for you? Good. If you say six days is enough, it's okay. If 100 is okay, mm -hmm. if 250, you have your mululu, go on. But you must be satisfied. <laughs> Glory to God. You must be satisfied. If your satisfaction is at 35, yes. Some of us, you can't pray us back because we shall go when we are satisfied. We can't go earlier than that. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Neither should anything die in your hand early. Neither should anything die in your hand early. Everything you should touch it should carry its maturation to full. Said by the time you're done, people say, mm, 
This fellow entered this company like this. But see what is happening in his life. He has taken us to this level. By the time you leave that company, they can truly say this person served and has done to fool all that were expected. Then you leave. You check out and go to your next level. Glory to God. We're not going to raise children prematurely. No. We give them everything that they must receive. Say by the time they leave your house. Glory to God. God in them is full. That's your portion. None otherwise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Never accept anything that contradicts that. When you know it is the will of God. Never take it. It doesn't matter by which professor. Some of you, it's the prophets that even kill you. But the Lord has showed me. What do you mean? The Lord has showed you. Nobody can prophesy against the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's the spirit of prophecy. Hello. That's the spirit of prophecy. By the way, by this liberty, God has given us the opportunity not to scoff at prophecy, but to test it and take a hold of that which is good. That which doesn't fit you, you leave it with the prophet. Oh! That's what the Bible says. Prove it. Test it. I see the Lord prosper you. Hmm, hallelujah. I see the Lord take you to the next level. Hmm, hallelujah. But I see a death. No. Let's continue. That's what the Bible says. Me, that's how I receive prophecy. I don't receive prophecy. You know, you know, the Lord has told me that you're going to lose the whole this, but then after that, he will... Re no. When you start that conversation, I start proving things. I see increase, I hold that. And multiplication, and hold that. But all your closest people will betray you. I say, fire? You just see me not answering. You know that one, I've not taken it. It has flown. I've not allowed it to build a nest on my head. And I've realized... Prophecy has worked for me. <laughs> because it is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus come to do? He came to seek and save the lost. Some of you accept everything they tell you. Every prophecy, wherever it is coming from. And you know, I feel sorry for some people. Because some of even the people who prophesy in your life need more prophecy. than they give you. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? They need more prophecy than they give you, but you don't know. There's some people who prophesy, and I'm like, mm, but I think you are the one who needs prophecy. <laughs> You're the one who needs prophecy. Do you know people who see for everybody except themselves? They can see the wealth on your life, but they can't see it on their life. They can see progress on your life, but they can't see it. They see your spouse for them, they're not married. Awangi. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is why there is no greater gift like learning to prophesy on yourself. Being primarily your own prophet. The Lord is my witness. I do it all the time. I go in front of the mirror and I say, Lubega Grace. Are you Lubega Grace? And I answer myself and I say, yes. You're progressing. I see that you're advancing. And I lay hands. I even slay myself if I have to. And I mean it. Glory to God. 
So what if the prophet bypassed all of us? Hey, let him bypass us. Hey, some of you, how, how can they prophesy on everybody and they don't prophesy on me? Poor you. You're waiting for a man of God to single you out and say, you woman, you. The Lord says that next year by this time, oh no, woman, put your hand on your belly and say next week, <laughs> next month, next year this must happen in my life in Jesus name let me tell you I've been my own prophet for so many years and I tell you I am accurate <laughs> I've been my own prophet for so many years and I can tell you I'm more accurate than any prophet that has ever prophesied on my life I promise you, I get into the word and the Bible says that I shall make you a wonder. Glory to God, Apostle Grace. You are a wonder. I see that you are a wonder. I see that kings are coming to your rising. I see that Gentiles are coming to your light. Strangers are serving you. Glory to God. And then I receive it. I take a hold of that which is good. Prophesy. I prophesy in myself. So anybody who brings prophetic utterance, they're simply confirming what I've already established in my life. That the communication of your faith becoming effectual as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Everything that is good and it is in Christ, start acknowledging it on your life. That's what the Bible says. Acknowledge divine health and prophesy health on you. Acknowledge peace and prophesy peace on you. Acknowledge joy and prophesy joy on you. Acknowledge progress and prophesy progress on you. Even when things are not working, lay hands on yourself. I do it all the time. Oh, Koshata. Sometimes we wake up and we're in trouble. Some of us, when you're living at the top like we are, it's almost as though trouble looks for you. And I've been in those moments where I look left, right, and center, and nobody can help me. And I lock myself up or go to the rooftop and put my hand on my head. And I say, Grace Luega, you were called by God. Grace Luega, you'll progress and excel. Grace Luega, you'll break through this, regardless of what they think or say. And the next morning, I realize the sun is rising up and the word is written over, overcomer. Because I know the plans he has for me. I know the visions he has written about me. When he appeared to me, the things he showed me. And it amazes me that in spite of all, he showed them to me. He knew everything will come, but he still presented this proposal and says, this is what I've written about your life. I know that haters are going to come. Indifferent folk are going to come. Foxes are going to come. Snakes are going to come. Caterpillars, locusts, eaters, cankerworms are going to come. But I still have said that I will prosper you. I will progress you. I will advantage you. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. I will propel you and undergird you always. That's enough. So even when it seemed like it was an end, I refused the premature ending. And I said, not now. Not now. Not now. There are people who are alive now. Because when COVID came, you refused. 
you simply refused. You had diabetes, but you refused. There was hypertension, you refused. You had a smile, you refused. You had a blood disease, but you still refused. And said, mm -mm, I'm not going anywhere. Not now, not tomorrow. Do I have a witness? And the Lord honored your word. The Lord honored your word. Refuse anything that ends you early. I don't care who brings that word. For me, the moment you bring anything that buries me, listen, I'm a seed. I'm a seed. I just come up. Everything that comes to bury me, I just see life. Glory to God. You speak it in the congregation, I go back in my closet and correct it and say, Lord, mm -mm, here this brother got it wrong. This sister got it wrong. And let me tell you something, it has worked this far. It has worked this far. Because there is no prophet higher than the word. <laughs> the Bible says we have a more sure word of prophecy. Glory to God. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Where unto you do well to take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. And until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Have you noticed that light is shining in a dark place? In other words, it's the thing we apply when we're in dark places. When the word given you is dark, this is the thing that brings light. It gives hope. It gives this is the light that shines in the dark places until the dead dawn. Do you know what that means? It means that you continue reading, speaking until the day dawns. And that star rises in your hearts. You believe it until you come out. In Luganda, they would say, Chikirizampaka Webucha. Did you understand what I just said? That means you're going through a night of trouble, a night of tests, a night of trials. You choose to believe the word until the sun comes up. Until the star rises. Glory to God. Until that light comes out. Some of you quit so quickly. You give up so quickly. And even when you only needed to hang on for just two minutes, you say, mm -mm, I think I'm gone. I don't know how many people I have been on their deathbed and I've heard them say, I give up. I'm done. I can't fight anymore. That is why I tell us you must learn to be a warrior. You must be a fighter. Yeah, stay humble. You greet people, but when it comes to the things of the spirit, whoa, 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 you run wild. Even the devil knows you. That when you attack that man, you better go with everything. Don't go half. Don't go quarter, go with everything. Because some of us, hey, hey that's who we are. Some of you, the devil just needs to say, uh, send a... Uh, you don't need to send many. Just send... Uh, you finish the job. That one. Uh, uh, to take them off, just send... Uh, that smaller demon. Can you your one? The one that cleans the gate. Hey. Send it on that brother. Don't waste time on them. So we were saying... Uh, hell must sit down to say, what do we do? concerning this car woman. We've tried this and it has failed. We've tried that and it has failed. We tried to pass here and, and uh, you're there, glory to God. You're more than a conqueror always. Whatever comes, you know how to apply yourself to scripture and get it out. 
it comes, it goes, it attacks you, break it. <laughs> so some of you, you have a, a list of victories. That is why some of us, when things come, it makes so much sense when you go back a bit. And you say, but how did I even pass this? How did I even break through on this issue? Some of you, if you did audit, you'd even fear yourself. You are what doctors call could have died long ago, but you're still breathing. A car rolled and you came out, just dusted yourself and moved like nothing has happened. And you still think you are normal? You still think you survived by chance? Back in the day, in Buganda, there was a wetland still there, I think. People were coming from Masaka. I'm told they used to use boats and what and walk through very uh, deep waters. Eh? And just to go through those, you know, shrubs and that swamp and either swim through or uh, use a boat and cross to the other side and come to Kampala. By the time they go through, and during that time, I'm told there were no roads. It was enough victory, and if you even provoked a guy, he will tell you Tonzanira kona somo kalwera. Don't play with me. I overcame that swamp. Now, if a man, if a man can build confidence by crossing a shallow water, what about you? Glory to God. Some of you have testimonies that. When you start speaking, people would think you're even lying because it's just not possible that it happened. But some of us can look back like that man who sang that it is so sweet to trust in God. How I have proved him over and over. As you continue growing, something stops scaring you because you have over been scared and you've beaten everything you feared. Glory to God. You're still breathing and standing. What are you talking about? I don't care what is coming tomorrow, you'll still beat it. I don't care what's coming next year, you'll still beat it. I don't care what's coming next week, you'll still beat it. Whether the devil wants it or not. Whether the devil wants it or not. Because you refuse premature endings. They have nothing to do with what's in your body. They have nothing to do with what's in your pocket. Nothing to do with your age. Even if you're 60 right now, something can come out of this salmon and awaken some man or woman inside you. And the next two, three, four, five years, people will look at you and not believe you're the same person. Some of you, you find, you have grown old. At 35, you are old. I've had those people, I am old. At 40, some of us 40s, like you are waking up. Some people at 40, their youth has started. <laughs> now they've started being youth. And some of you at 40, you can't breathe. You can't even run. Refuse it. Something is ending you. Something is ending you. How can you be 35 and you can't run? Something is ending you. How can you be 40 and your back can't move? Something is ending you. Today, this is the day. You're going to turn things around. This is the day. That's what the Lord told me. That today I want you to turn things around. Tell my people to turn things around. Tell my people to give life where death is. 
give victory where loss is. And say, no, not now, not today, not this week, not this year, not in 10 years. I'm still here. I've not finished yet. I've not finished yet. There is power in knowing you have not finished. And that you're ready to finish. Because the word of God is ready to back you until you finish. I know people who died last week and they were not sick of anything. And I've known people who have carried killer diseases for 40 years. What's the difference? One man's spirit is ready to fight. Another one is weak. That's why the Bible says that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. The Amplified Version says the strong spirit. It says the what? The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. That means the secret here is strengthening your spirit. Strengthen your spirit. That's why we speak in tongues. So we don't speak in tongues just to get a job. No, you speak in tongues to build somebody in there. Some of us wake up every night, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., we are Roko Badagosha Kata. Some of you are sleeping or watching Nigerian movies and some of us, we are Rando Goziga Talago. You're sinking in Netflix and we are Roko Tagosa Rekashande. And then you ask yourself why I still look the same after the last 10 years you saw me. Come on. Glory to God. Hey. Recently, my wife was at home and I heard her speaking words, prophesying on her life. My God is a calorie burner. Calorie burner. And I said, this is my wife. This is my wife. <laughs> but some of you, you look in the mirror and you say, ah, Jesus. No. <laughs> Glory to God. Fight yourself out. Fight yourself out. If you feel you can't carry your body, get in the mirror and start saying, you body, get in shape, get in line. I refuse you to go out of line. Oh, glory to God. Burn calories through speaking in tongues. The Bible says bodily exercise profiteth but little, but spiritual exercise is profitable for the life that now is and the life that is to come. I know exercises are good, but do you know you can lose weight even by speaking in tongues? Read your Bible. Don't follow science. Refuse premature endings. Everything I do is fresh every day. Because I carry the spirit of refreshing. I carry the spirit of refreshing. Every time I make things new, I command my days to be new. I command my clothes to be new. I command my eyes to be new. I command my language to be new. I command my meditations to be new. I command my prayers to be new. His mercies are new every morning. Every day I wake up to the newness, the Bible says, of life. The newness of life. He calls it the newness of life. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ has raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk also in the newness of life. Not the oldness, newness of life. Newness. That is why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 22, he says, for as in Adam, 
all die. All die. All things die. All men die. And it says, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. All be made alive. In Adam, all die. In Christ, all are made alive. The moment you're in Christ, there's nothing you cannot resurrect. Nothing you cannot resurrect. That is why in the 55th verse, he says, death, where is your sting? He's asking, death, uh-huh. Where is your sting? Where? Where? Where is your sting? In other words, this was a man who was not touched by death. He never saw death in anything. He never saw death in anything. I refuse to see death. I refuse to see death in my house. I refuse to see death in my ministry. I refuse to see death in my family. I refuse to see death in my career. I refuse to see any manner of death in my ministry. There is power in saying those words. Because life and death are in the power of the word. The tongue. He did not say the power of life and the power of death. Life and death have no power. But the tongue does. He says life and death are in the power of the tongue. You wake up every morning and say, I must progress. I must advance. I must break through. Whether it is working or it's not working. Some of you, I see you have lost so much. And you did so much. And lost so much. And you feel in your spirit. God, even if it is to return, I've lost so many years. Well, he can restore even the years that were eaten by the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the locust. He can get every year you have lost and put it ahead of you. If you are to go to heaven at 90 and you lost 10 years, woman, you're going to live to 100. And the strength you'll have at 90 shall be the strength you could have had at 80. But in Christ, all are made alive. That's the testimony. That is what I believe. Something is happening. Anybody at the sound of my voice who has been dealing with a spirit of death pursuing you. Right now, the spirits of death are going to start screaming out. This very second, anybody dealing with a spirit of death Wherever you are, that devil leaves you now in the name of Jesus. Raise your voice and let's pray. Raise your voice and let's pray. of life. Was it one 
with you right now. I was reminded years ago a very influential fellow and powerful by the standards of many years ago met me and told me that he personally by his office in this nation he told me my ministry was no more in a few weeks and i remember in my heart i felt sorry for the man because he didn't know god neither how he sends men do you know that portion of scripture that says that the egyptians you see you shall see no more as the lord liveth before whom i stand and serve that man is not on the earth now and fanero is that's the power through which I want to pray for you. Concerning anything or anybody that thinks that they can end you. Thus saith the Lord, nobody or thing shall end you until your time ordained by God no disease no witchcraft no sorcery no soothsayer no anathema confession by cursing no plan no scheme no power shall end the vote god has put over your life i decree for every man and woman at the sound of my voice that you shall not have a premature ending in any aspect of your life that you will progress and finish well in the mighty name of jesus i decree that you're not going to die early in the name of jesus i decree that your ministry is not going to fail your visions are not going to fail your calling and assignment and mandate on your life is not going to fail your career is not going to fail your education is not going to fail i speak the power that progresses and moves things in the name of jesus there are people here you've been dreaming dying things are killing you you even had a clue of the age you are to die and you feel that it is drawing near but right now in the name of jesus by reason of this word i have annulled that deception out of your life i rebuke death from the root in the name of jesus i decree and i declare that you will live a full life and you'll only leave this earth when you're satisfied in the name of jesus i speak revive and reawakening of the things that were sleeping i command the things that had stalled paused i decree that they move and progress i decree that those things that had stopped building are going to start building the things that had 
post constructing are going to start constructing the things that had stopped moving are going to start moving from today in the name of Jesus some of you are going to receive phone calls of God moving projects you're going to receive phone calls of God moving visions you're going to receive phone calls of God moving consultancies you're going to receive phone calls of God moving plans and visions and dreams in the name of Jesus nothing will stop you nothing will slow you and may I speak a supernatural speed on everything you do that one day people will look back at you and say she moved so quick for her age he did so much for his time he has done more than he could have done may you do more than normal men do in a lifetime may you achieve a hundred times more than men achieve in a life i don't know whether someone has understood that kind of anointing i said may you receive the anointing that multiplies many of what men are able to do in one lifetime in jesus mighty name give the lord a mighty 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 you're there and you want to give your life to Christ so you say today I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior I want you to put your hand on your chest and say these words father I thank you because today spells a new beginning for my life as I receive you in my heart as Lord and Savior one which died for me so I could live. Today, I receive your Lordship and a new change in my life. I commit myself to you to lead and direct me because in my own strength, I cannot. But by you, I can. I receive you today. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our week weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.